been a bad, bad year for the so-called traditional 60-40 portfolio. Bonds down, stocks down. Let's talk about where else then to try and find a solution for investors. Troy Kayeski joins us this morning, Chief Market Strategist at FS Investments. Troy, morning. Good to see you again. Yeah, good morning, Oliver. Great to see you. Uh, happy belated 4th of July. Yeah, same to you. I like that. So uh, it's not a very patriotic year, though, for the 60-40, the classic portfolio getting thrashed. Last time you and I spoke, you told us that your guys' framework was to expect more volatility uh, in stocks, equity multiple compression, higher yields. Is that still the framework you're working on now? Yeah, I think you know, the big difference since last time we spoke is obviously recession risk has gone up fairly meaningfully. You know, about 12 weeks ago, it was still relatively low. And even though technically we may have had a recession in Q1 and Q2, what we're talking about more is a recession where actually the consumer ultimately buckles because the consumer has been doing a tremendous job keeping the U.S. economy afloat and even the global economy afloat. But there's a limit to how much the consumer can do in the event that unemployment starts to trend higher. And we don't see that in the short term. But the risk of a recession in the next 12 months has certainly gone up from you know one in 20 or, or one in 10 probability to roughly one in three. And so when you think about what that means from a framework of inflation, as your guest was talking about before, versus earnings and economic output, it basically means, yes, yields and inflation may have peaked. That's great. And it's uh, arguably not such a bad outcome for long duration fixed income. But what that means is forward revenues and earnings for equities are obviously going to come down dramatically, which could lead to the next leg down in this bear market in, in that eventuality. And, and even if you, we don't end up with a recession, remember, the Fed has just started to drain their balance sheet in a meaningful way. And even prior to that happening, money supply growth had actually gone negative, which is a very rare occurrence and only adds additional liquidity pressure to markets where trading is already extremely thin. What is uh, the goal then for investors? Do we try and replace the bond side of the portfolio? Do we try and replace the U.S. stock allocation? Or as they both become entangled with one, other, one another, are there uh, solutions that kind of hit uh, both at the same time? Can you hit two birds with one stone uh, through different approaches, different products that are geared for this type of environment? Yeah, I think that's the beauty of the evolution of the alternative investment industry um, is that you now have democratized alternatives that, you know, individual investors can access that can, to your, use your terminology, hit two birds, one stone, not only replace fixed income, which has been a very challenging place to be really since the bottom in the pandemic for yields uh, up until this year, but also equity risk. So the, the biggest new trend we've seen the last six to eight uh, months is that folks are de-risking their equity portfolio and going into strategies that can protect capital, which is mission number one in the bear market. Since your fixed income really can't do that anymore, you need to replace both fixed income and equity exposure and grind out a mid to low high single digit return. And in an environment like this, where obviously we're in a choppy, sloppy mess, you know, cash flow and income are more important than ever because you don't need prices to go up to make a reasonable return. Even if prices are stay unchanged, you still at least have the income component. So, you know, right now we're focused on senior secured commercial real estate debt, uh, where we're seeing higher yields in private credit in sympathy with higher yields and high yield and investment grade uh, that are floating rate exposures or principally floating rate exposures. That continues to be a great place to not only replace fixed income, but hide out uh, from an equity bear market and protect capital, which again is mission number one. Uh, in terms of our multi-strategy approach, you know, we've been very active 
uh, recently uh, taking off or trimming some of our more non-correlated or negatively correlated expressions that were benefiting from risk off, whether they were uh, trades like the mortgage basis or some of our uh, option strategies. And what we're looking to replace those with are more income-oriented strategies now that spreads have widened dramatically. And we still have a pretty significant 2023 dividend futures exposure. Again, mission number one there is protect capital. And then mission number two is grind out, you know, a mid-single digit return, which looks very competitive in an environment like that. So, you know, fortunately, you don't have to be a sovereign wealth fund or, or you know, a large uh, multifamily office or, or a large pension or endowment to participate in these strategies. You can access them as accredited or individual investors now. Troy, it sounds like uh, to go back to a comment about your approach uh, the last uh, six months versus maybe the next six months, it sounds like some of the kind of uh, exploitative uh, betting against the market types of vehicles uh, you've uh, kind of shied away from now that you have been using. Did I hear that right? That the kind of outright betting against the market in a sense, maybe you're shifting over to uh, a, a more kind of passive approach then? Yeah, you know, passive's not entirely accurate, but in terms of negatively correlated, meaning trade expressions that actually benefit from spread widening. You know, right. a great example, again, short mortgages, long treasuries, outright bearish positions, or one that was a very profitable expression, which was short growth and long value, which worked out tremendously well late last year and early this year. So we started to fade those or, or take them off altogether just because mm -hmm. of the price adjustment. So as spreads widen, you know, prices come down, multiples compress, the risk reward of those goes from fantastic to let's call it less than fantastic, still attractive, but not nearly as skewed in your favor. And so as time goes on, you want to replace that with positions that are still economically resilient and have good downside protection, but don't need prices to go up to make money. But if we do get a positive outcome for markets, uh, which which we doubt, but is is possible. Anything's possible. They can create uh, catch some of the upside. And what's interesting there, Oliver, is as we're layering in those expressions, we want to continue to constrain our beta. So we don't want to have our beta grow too large in an environment like this. And one of the interesting developments that you've, I think, I've seen you articulate is that, you know, right now uh, markets are not overpaying for puts relative to calls which is fairly rare in a bear market. You know, typically in a bear market, the put premiums are, are definitely skewed uh, much higher than call premiums. And so that's one area that we're looking to continue to constrain our beta, you know, potentially buying put spreads, selling call spreads to help hedge that downside risk. So as we gradually leg into more offensive uh, expressions, um, we can still protect the downside in the event of another major leg down. Mm. And uh, do you find, Troy, that for uh, most people these fit, as uh, a section of their portfolio outside the bonds and stocks? Do you just kind of pump up the alternative holdings uh, uh, compared to more traditional assets? Or are you uh, looking at an environment where you might want to actually dial down a, a, a exposure to a big cap U.S. stocks or long-term treasuries? Is that still part of it, uh, even with these uh, expressions that are more income-oriented? Yeah, so, so on the fixed income side, it, it's really too early to say the coast is completely clear, right? We could easily have another big leg up in yields. And by the way, Oliver, even if we don't, let's assume yields have peaked, that's almost more of a tragic outcome for fixed income investors mm -hmm. than if the 10-year goes to four or four and a half because you still have no income, right? So replacing fixed income will continue to be a big focus for most alternative providers like ourselves. But in an environment like this, you also want to trim some of that 60. So say you came into the year at 
you know, maybe it was 60, 20, 20, 60 equities, 20 uh, fixed income, 20 alternatives. Um, hopefully you had already taken some risk off from your equity portfolio prior to this year, but let's say you're still stuck there. At this point, it makes more sense to peel off an additional 10 from the equity allocation as opposed from fixed income, because you've already diversified some of that fixed income risk. And now it's about making sure that if we have another leg down and, and the equity market, which is a, a relatively high probability outcome, you can protect yourself and still have a reasonable chance to make a, an attractive return in, in a very challenging market environment. When you look at uh, the number of strategies that are positive, they're very few and far between. You know, senior secured commercial real estate debt, uh, tactical multi-strategy expressions, you know, uh, BDCs that trade at significant discounts to NAV that have very high dividend yields and are principally floating rate. They're, they're three of a few. You know, some CTAs have made reasonable returns following trends, uh, some of the larger multi-strategy hedge funds. But other than that, it's mainly been uh, read across the board, as you know. So when you can find strategies that can generate that type of return or at least protect capital, you know, you got to chase that like an oasis in the desert in an environment like this. Okay. All right. Well, Senator Troy, uh, good to catch up and appreciate the update on the strategy. I'd like to see the uh, incremental shifts uh, from one time frame to another here over the last six months. So appreciate the walkthrough here on how you guys are thinking. Yeah, great to speak with you, Oliver. Have a great day, buddy. Definitely. Very helpful. Troy Gajewski, Chief Market Strategist for FS Investments, looking at alternatives with a little bit of a different tone from three, four months ago. Maybe some of the low-hanging fruit from betting against uh, weak markets has passed, but still plenty of opportunity here to get creative.